Guideline First Look Guideline for Medication Safety by Lisa Croak The updated AORN, Guideline for Medication Safety, provides recommendations on safe medication management practices in the perioperative setting to help decrease the risk of medication errors. According to Julie Kahn, AORN's Senior Perioperative Practice Specialist and Lead Author of the Guideline, there are substantive revisions in every section of this updated document. Quote, Many changes were intended to further refine or clarify recommendations or to bring recommendations into closer alignment with the available evidence. End quote, she said. The guideline, which was last updated in 2017, will be available in the AORN eGuidelines Plus in March 2023. Organizational Oversight A new section on organizational oversight with new and updated recommendations was added in this update. In creating this section, the ambulatory supplement that was part of the previous version of the guideline was dissolved, and most of the remaining recommendations were added in this section. Quote, Much of the ambulatory supplement document was duplicated in the guideline, so it made sense to incorporate the remaining content in the organizational oversight section. End quote, Khan noted. Another major change is that, because of a lack of supporting evidence, it is no longer recommended that IV solutions be administered within one hour of puncture, that is, spike. Instead, organizations should determine the acceptable length of time between when an IV solution is punctured and administered and include it in policies and procedures. A new recommendation was added that the Healthcare Organization's Antimicrobial Stewardship Committee should regularly review and offer recommendations on how to improve care processes for perioperative patients that involve the routine use of antibiotics, for example, wound irrigation, bone cement. Khan indicated that this recommendation is intended to emphasize the importance of oversight of the routine use of antibiotics in surgery. Quote, Routine use means that the antimicrobial agent is given to all patients during a specific procedure or situation, that is, prophylactically. Whereas therapeutic use means that the antimicrobial medication is being used to treat an active infection. End quote, she said. A new recommendation also was added that an interdisciplinary team comprised of perioperative nurses, pharmacists, infection preventionists, anesthesia professionals, information technology staff members, nurse informaticists, and other key stakeholders should collaborate to create a process for handling medication shortages that can affect the care of perioperative patients. Steps to manage medication shortages may include confirming and obtaining information about the shortage, for example, estimated time frame, stock available, determining and obtaining alternative medications, tracking and distributing inventory, adapting dispensing approaches, updating information or data systems, and communicating the change. Compounding According to Kahn, concerns about contamination and quality issues in compounded medications has made the procurement of compounded medications more complex. Quote, I think of procuring or preparing compounded medications on a continuum that includes primary and secondary strategies. The primary strategies for compounded medication procurement 
are outlined as new recommendations in the updated guideline. End quote, she said. Quote, Primary strategies are to first source the medication direct from a manufacturer, and if you cannot get it from a manufacturer, then the next best source would be an FDA, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, registered outsourcing facility. End quote. Obtaining compounded medications from outsourcing facilities helps increase the probability that regulatory requirements and current good manufacturing practices are met. When compounded medications cannot be obtained from the manufacturer or an outsourcing facility, they should be prepared by a compounding pharmacy that meets the standards in U.S. Pharmacopeia 797. These pharmacies compound medications under sterile conditions that reduce the risk of contamination and improve quality. Quote, When the primary strategies for compounded medication procurement are not available, your next step would be to have your facility pharmacy make the medication for you. End quote. Khan added, quote, If none of the other options are available, you can still compound medications in the OR. End quote. Labeling The recommendations for medication labeling were modified slightly. Quote, Important points in the recommendation changes include that you should label everything that changes containers, no matter where it is, even off the sterile field, and you no longer have to label with the date and time the medication was accepted onto the sterile field. End quote, Khan said. It is now recommended that all medications, solutions, compounds, and liquids moved from their original containers be labeled immediately with a full name, concentration, dilution, and dilutant, if used, without using abbreviations or only using approved abbreviations and dose expressions, and without unnecessary information. This labeling practice will help reduce the risk of an error. Medications and solutions that may expire during a procedure should be labeled with a beyond-use date and time or expiration date and time. This information will help make it clear when not to use these items. It should be noted that the section on preparing compounded medications contains an additional recommendation specific to labeling those medications. Hazardous Medications New evidence has emerged related to environmental contamination and aerosolization of antineoplastic medications when handling them during hyperthermic intraperitoneal chemotherapy, HIPEC, hyperthermic intrathoracic chemotherapy, HITOC, and pressurized intraperitoneal aerosol chemotherapy, PIPAC, procedures. Quote, Three new studies on HIPEC, HITOC, and PIPAC procedures, as well as two organizational experience articles on HIPEC, were performed since the last revision of the guideline which allowed us to expand our recommendations about interventions to decrease the risk of exposures to antineoplastic agents during these procedures, end quote, Khan said. A new table summarizes the precautions to decrease the risk of exposure. One key updated recommendation in the hazardous medication section is that respiratory protection, for example, N95, or surgical mask selection, should be based on the organization's hazardous medication safety plan, procedure being performed, method of medication administration, and perceived exposure risk. 
Another is that a full face piece, chemical cartridge type respirator, or powered air purifying respirator, should be worn when cleaning large spills. For example, an IV bag breaking, leakage from disconnected IV tubing, spills that cannot be contained through use of a spill kit. A second new table describes personal protective equipment activity based on anticipated exposure risk when handling hazardous medications or items contaminated by hazardous medications. Technology A new section on technology with multiple new recommendations was added in this update. Quote, Technology is an integral part of the perioperative medication use process. End quote, Khan said. Quote, While these devices are intended to prevent harm and streamline medication use processes, when personnel do not use them as intended, that is, develop workarounds, an increased risk for near misses and medication errors can result. End quote. Technological devices, for example, computerized prescriber order entry systems, smart infusion pumps, used in perioperative medication use processes, should be standardized with those used elsewhere in the healthcare facility when possible. This standardization may help decrease variations in medication use processes which can result in errors and subsequently harm patients. Electronic medication shortage and inventory systems, that is, automatic dispensing cabinets, should be used when possible. Machine-readable coding devices, for example, barcode scanning, should be used to confirm medications and solutions before administration when possible. Smart infusion pumps with a dose error reduction system should be used for continuous, intermittent, and secondary medication infusions and patient-controlled analgesia when possible. Technological devices used in the perioperative setting should be monitored for consistency with the manufacturer's instructions for use, adherence to policies and procedures, practice barriers, for example, defective equipment, and use of overrides or workarounds. This monitoring can help decrease the creation of workarounds, use of overrides, and risk of errors and adverse events. Information identified from monitoring and obtained from devices should be used to determine areas of improvement in the medication use process. Conclusion This updated guideline, which includes substantive changes throughout, provides recommendations on safe medication management practices in the perioperative setting. Several of the key changes include creation of new sections on organizational oversight and technology and revision of recommendations related to compounding, labeling, and hazardous medications. Quote, By adopting these recommendations, we hope that personnel will be able to implement evidence-based interventions to eliminate or prevent perioperative medication errors or near misses and personnel exposures. End quote. Khan concluded.